Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeonal Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us for just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So before I ask how you go, Steve, at some point, Sam Maluth is going to jump on the podcast here, we think. Yeah, not really sure where he's went to. I think he's run into some issues, but uh, he'll be jumping on here. So if you hear a random voice jump in, that is Sam. So how goes it, Steve? Ah, it's going well, my friend. Uh, survived Easter weekend at our house. That was a whole ordeal. They had a good time on Sunday. I watched an epic ton of hockey over the weekend, too. That was good. I started my day off, though. The one sport I don't think you're a big fan of with soccer today. I just watched Wrexham get the big victory to try to get promotion. And they, they still got to win a couple more games. But dude literally came down to a penalty kick awarded yep. with 20 seconds left to go in a game. So it was amazing. But on over to other things, though, that are way more important, because hockey is the more important thing above all else, Devin Levi. Yes. Devin yes. And Levi. actually, as you, as you bring up Devin Levi, we're going to bring in Sam Maluth. I think I saw you jump on here. Sam, you here? Yes, I am. Hey, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank we've, you. We've already done intros, and uh, now we're just talking hockey. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, Devin Levi. My yes. goodness gracious. What what an introduction to the league. So, first victory, overtime. Next victory, a shootout victory. Um, and, like, the score was high, but that was not a defensive battle at all. And then in overtime, Levi with that one big stretched out pad save to keep oh, them in it. You know, that was a thing of beauty. Oh, jeez, man. So he's the, he's, the, he's the starter next oh, year. Oh, gosh. But yeah. but yeah, they got to shore up their D. Like that's the that's the big knock. But now what's so interesting is before Levi signed, I gave you guys a zero chance of making the playoffs. I'm like, you guys are almost there. You're clawing back in. But. I think it would be such an amazing story for this this young guy to come on in and push them into the playoffs. It's going to be tough. They need Florida. Florida's got a couple of tough games ahead of them right now. I think the Islanders got the easiest of uh, of the remaining games, and then Pittsburgh's got yeah. a bit of a tough draw. But if Buffalo can, if they get if they get two losses from Florida, and Buffalo comes in and seals a deal for all their games, they can jump up past that which is just incredible. And the same thing with Pittsburgh. They need Pittsburgh to lose. But, yeah, my goodness, like right away after that, the shootout victory, I'm like, okay, now i got to wait for a good specialty jersey to come out for the Buffalo Sabres so I can get Levi's name on the back of one of those because just unreal. Just unreal. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been uh, – We like I said, we got goal scorers. We've got goaltending. Now we just need to, like I said, shore up some D because we've got some great defensemen. I mean, we've got two of the best young, you know, first-round picks, not only first-round picks, but first overall picks in the last couple of years in terms of defensemen. Uh, but we need – we definitely need a little bit more defense because it, it definitely – yeah. I, I like the pickup of – I can't even say a pickup. I, I, whatever. We'll we'll see what happens. But I think Buffalo right now is in a position where it can trade away some assets. Um, and by assets, I mean a lot of the picks and maybe some of the young talent uh, we might have coming up on the pipeline, which may or may not work out with what we already have. Um, kind of like what we did with uh, the goalie we sent over to L.A. Because 
he just he, there was no way he was going to be able to steal that job from Levi. It was Levi, so the best thing he could do is give him a chance somewhere else. I, I tell you what, I couldn't have predicted this, and that's kind of how we started this whole um, this whole year. I actually went back at the gym yesterday and listened to our prediction podcast for the NHL season. Tell you what, in a lot of cases, really, really good predictions. In other cases, horrible. <laughs> Like, yeah, almost embarrassingly bad. <laughs> like, well, I'd have to go uh, back and listen because I don't, I do not even remember. Did I you do, keep your re- notes? Oh, heck no. I don't even remember what I said, uh, you know, yesterday. literally, yeah, yesterday, um, let well, alone. A- well, I, I keep notes. So I was able to go back and look at, at my predictions of 1 to 16 in each conference. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely some uh, shockers and then there's, you know, a lot of them actually, it, it for the most part, I'd say I was pretty accurate. But with a couple teams, I would, and that's what's going to be right at the beginning of every year. You're going to look. Sometimes you're going to look really bad in teams, uh, specific teams like like a Boston um, and Jersey make me look really, really bad. Um, did you? Did you? What did you? What did you have Washington doing? Uh, yeah, Washington was one of those teams. I also read it in my notes because I had them fourth overall. Um, but yeah, that is not the case, uh, 13th, but let's jump into that part, boys. Let's jump into, uh, do you want to start in the Western or the Eastern conference? Let's talk about some, uh, kind of where we are right now with the playoff preview. Sam, let's start off with the Western conference. Uh, cause that's still even interesting right now. And the nice thing is the San Jose sharks have not rolled over like they did. Like uh, well, two weeks ago, I was losing my mind. I was so angry at the effort in overtime, but they've been, chipping away and trying to play spoiler you know which this is what i love about this time of the year right is that you expect some team just to roll over and not do much but you've got they're showcasing some guys right now for potential trades but also guys trying to make roster spots right so it's been really fun hockey watching uh you know the last couple of weeks i mean they certainly messed up their chances at the number one overall pick but uh anywho they uh yeah i mean they've got like that's the thing that's difficult is that at this time of the year you're you know you're well out of a playoff spot the games don't really mean anything but you've also got those guys that are playing for spots next year on a lot of these rosters you know and so it's like you know sometimes you'll steal a game or two and uh that's exactly what happened a couple of weeks ago you know they beat they beat Winnipeg they beat uh Vegas and they destroyed arizona in arizona which i hear has not been as easy as people think no um, no that mullet arena is tough they've got the coyotes have got a yeah. great great home record at mullet arena yeah so it was a weird week and you know just like that all of a sudden the the ducks and the blackhawks and columbus all passed them and you know we're the fourth worst and i guess that's where we'll stay <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah not I, mean, I certainly that- think it's not Sorry. a bad it's not a bad spot though in this draft though, right? Yeah. Um because it's so deep. Like everybody wants Bedard, and I think I think the consensus should be Fantilli on number two, because my goodness, he's good. Um which by the way, too, let's talk about the Frozen Four, because I watched the fi- I watched the semifinals and finals after boys, but um but yeah, the it's it's not a bad spot to be in. And you know, as a fan you know, of, of just hockey, like I said, like I, the reason why I crapped on the the, the Sharks, because it was three other vets that were on that ice for that play, right, in overtime. Yeah. And your goalie was just battling. He was battling, and you just hung him out to dry. 
So I no doubt that the coach just tore into them about that, right? Because that was a way different team you've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, now, just specifically about your your Sharks, though, Sam, what do you think? Who do you think they're going to retain this year to try to restock? I mean, they need help in a lot of areas. Uh, I mean, really, like in terms of the future, I mean, the problem is that there's just certain players who, you know, their contracts are unmovable and um, they've known that. And, you know, the only player that really had any trade value before this season was Brent Burns. So that's why they traded him. I don't know what they want to do with Carlson. He's had an unbelievable season, obviously, but, you know, in theory, it would be nice to get something in return for him. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make that happen. But I also think that the number that he's getting paid is just almost impossible to deal with. So, I mean, it's him, Hurdle, Couture. I don't really know what the status of Vlasic's contract is. Hopefully, hopefully we're almost done with that. Um, and, oh, God, I mean, beyond that, it's like, Reimer doesn't want to be there. He wanted to be traded this season, and we didn't do that. Uh, Kakinen is not really the answer. Um, I did see that today they signed some uh, the Denver University goalie, I guess, um, to an entry-level contract. So I don't know what that means for next year, but maybe he'll have a shot. Uh, Mario Ferraro has taken a big step back, but he was the guy that I believed was our only good defenseman last year or maybe the year before um and in terms of forwards i mean it's like gosh i mean barabanov's all right i guess <laughs> like but beyond that like hurdle Kutcher, barabanov and oh man i mean they're they're calling up so many different guys these days that i can't even keep track of all of them oh no it's, um, it's just, what you gotta do right <laughs> yeah. now right showcase Take, yeah. take, you know, put it's essentially just your measuring stick right now. Let's just see who's going to show up, who's got potential, who we can work with, you know, because at some point, this is why, you know, again, the kayaks were the, the you know, the punchline and people are still saying it, which kind of makes me roll my eyes now. They're playing good hockey and they've got a good, young, solid core, but they did this the past three years on purpose, right? Take on the bad contracts, pay the minimal money out. And then just get so many assets like they they at the going into this draft, they could transform their team in this draft. Like right now, they've got they got Provatov that they're trying to showcase a bit to see if he's tradable or if he could be their backup. But they've got two good, you know, goalies in that one A, one B. I don't even know which one it is right now because Ingram was playing way better than Vimelka at one point. So but they've got but both those goalies did well with what they had this year. So um in my opinion, it would be smart of the Sharks to kind of follow that path for a couple of years, just unload and rebuild. Now, if you're yeah. going to keep a veteran around, well, one's going to have to be Carlson, because I heard Carlson didn't, didn't even talk about waiving his no trade clause <laughs> at all. Like that he's like, I didn't even discuss oh. this. Yeah, like he came out in an interview and flat out said that. And I was like, OK, so why were all these rumors floating around about him being traded? He'd have to agree to it. And the amount of money he's getting paid and where he's living he may not want to go, you know, because to some players, that cup doesn't mean that much, right? That they can look at their family and be like, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of cool living a great life in San Jose, right? <laughs> like maybe I mean, if he's happy, he's happy. Like, I mean, that's obviously the goal for all of these players. But 
that is kind of surprising if he would. I mean, considering how close he was with Ed, uh, sorry, almost Edmonton, I meant Ottawa. Like they they put up a heck of a run against Pittsburgh, uh, whatever year that was, and almost came close to making the cup that year. And I just I think if he was so close and he had one shot with the Sharks, almost too. Like I don't know, it just seems weird to not want to pursue that. But I mean, the Sharks. The Sharks are, are like it's it's hard to watch them. Obviously, I haven't really been doing that this year, but like we're just at a status of like it's gonna be a rough few years, and I'm not really sure when exactly they'll emerge from that. But that's a good point of like you know there's teams there's paths to follow, you know, and they certainly could do it. I'm not really sure how I feel about Mike Greer's status as his first year as a as a GM, but I mean, it's going to take more than one year to figure this out. Well, well yeah, especially <laughs> with the hand he was dealt, right? Because yeah, you yeah. Know, we, like some fans are unrealistic. They expect a miracle. But what's interesting, though, Sam, is this is the like, in my opinion, where like so Chris's Washington Capitals, right? They they realized, you know, at a point in this, at a point in the season, because Backstrom, I think I don't know if Backstrom was out at that point or not, because that may have been the tipping point to go we're not going to do it without Backstrom, right? And we're getting up there in age. We've got to retool this team, but they started trading away pieces. And it's the teams that hang on just, you know, one year too long about just trying to make the playoff push, hoping to get in to be like my Montreal Canadiens the one year, right? The having that dream run to head to the cup, right? Um, yeah. Because in my opinion, yeah, we held on – like, if, if it wasn't for the injuries, like, like that's one of the biggest things for me is the injuries we had. Shea Weber could barely walk and function but came out and played, right, which is an amazing story in itself. But it's the teams that are just hanging on just a little too long before they go, no, we got to rebuild this thing. Um, because in my opinion, the Capitals were one. Penguins are right there. Like, they've got to start doing yeah. something. You know, your Sharks clung a little bit too much. But then, they you know, really the one did. mistake is it looked great at first, right? Overloading on all those great defensemen. But, man, there are those, like you were saying, those are untradeable contracts for some of these guys now. Like, nobody's going to want to touch. I, I'd have to go back and look at what Velasquez at now. But, my goodness, that's a lot of money. So Yeah, Couture is also not tradable. And he's, you know, getting up there in age. And Hurdle certainly did not have a great year in my mind. I mean, he had an all right year, but, like, both of those guys are just like the only things that we've got left on offense sometimes. And it's still not, not really much of anything, but I mean, I think like, you know, like you said that there's just, there's teams around the league that, you know, at some point they need to recognize that the players that like our average age is too high and we're Mm -hmm. still, we're still trying to make that work. And it's not, it's not going to work. It's going to come crashing down sooner than you think. And you know, it's the teams that somehow stay ahead of that trend that that find a way to to make themselves, you know, viable each year. And, you know, teams like Boston and Tampa are certainly teams that we look at for and Colorado, you know, L.A. Kings, that, L.A. Kings, as much as it pains me to say, yeah. it, they've been they've been able to keep just retooling. Right. Pulling up that youth, bringing them on in, you know, and then giving them a spark like the the quick trade. You know, controversial trade, but it's Corpus Allo that's over there now, right? And yeah, and Copley, Copley's had a heck of a season. I mean, yeah, but you know, Corpus Allo was the future. 
Corpus Allo was such a good acquisition because they knew what they were getting. They, my goodness, shell-shocked guy from Columbus that if he had a good defensive system could come in and, you know, help out, right? And it was a brilliant move. And it also helped out quick with his resurgence in Vegas because I think that, you know, in itself, just that move on overs helped him out. Um, yeah. You know, and then you've got, like, my exciting thing for me is a team like Seattle that's young and, you know, uh, you know, just yeah, lots of offensive potential with that team. Their goaltenders just need to step up. Like that's got to happen. They, their goaltenders just have to be better. But they're doing well. But then you look at a team like the Winnipeg Jets. If the Winnipeg Jets do miss out in this off season, what do you do? Because they have not. They made the one cup run. You know, then well they didn't get to the cup. They got to the semifinal or the conference finals. And then it's just been second round, second round type of stuff and exiting. So when do you blow that up? Calgary Flames are getting up there in age, right? When do you start yeah, to try trade. to beat? Well, <laughs> that trade like, in the offseason looks terrible at this point in my mind. <laughs> you know, but so that's that it goes back down to, though, like, I don't understand how. Even GMs and scouts could underrate Sasha Barkov. He's such a good player. Like he, you know, you put him or on any Huberdeau. other team. Yeah, well, that's, I'm talking about Huberdo. I mean, the reason why I'm bringing up Barkov is because Barkov helped make uh, Huberdo that much better, in my opinion. Like Huberdo's got talent, but I don't think he's that kind of money, you know, talent-wise, no. right? And um, Kadri, you know, Kadri will get you goals. He'll do stuff. Because uh, I don't doubt that there's a little bit of that Stanley Cup rust on him right now, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, because that that takes its toll. Right. And, you know, again, playing with the the avalanche going deep into the playoffs a couple of years in a row, it takes its toll on you. Right. Absolutely. Nashville was interesting because they started to blow up their team a little bit, not too much. But you're going to see, are they going to completely retool? Because in my opinion, they can get a ton for Saros if they decide, like, we're not going to win while he's still in his peak years. Trade him. Right. Unless they really think they've got enough tools to go ahead and do it. Right. Um, Vancouver is a mess, just like the yeah. Sharks, in my opinion. And um, the fact that know, they're they, 500 is actually kind of crazy in my mind, but they still oh no. they still are not good. <laughs> yeah, it's just battling back. But Thatcher Demko coming out, like that's another big trade piece for them because there's teams that desperately need goalies, right? And Demko, Soros, that's going to get you some picks. It's going to get you some good young talent, right? And then you package it up and move some of those you know, contracts that you don't really like, right? Bundle them on in and make a team absorb that. Or, you know, the good old three-way trades are what are excellent for that. But yeah, my, I mean, this playoff this, to me. With Nashville, Nashville trading Saros, like that's a possible, like, did he win the Vezina or he was close to winning the Vezina? You know, like, like, what do you do? Because like, that's something that's obviously important to have and try to make the playoffs with, you know, having a, that caliber of goaltending. You know, like would yeah, that be what I have to do crazy? before I make before I make the educated comment on it, I got to see what his age is. Right. And where they think they're going to be. Um, yeah. You know, because, again, like I get it. But let's take a look at the Washington Capitals. Right. So we'll jump over to the east because I think we've covered the west pretty here. Pretty good here. But have we even covered the west? Have we even talked about potential <laughs> matchups? Can I just say like, from, <laughs> well, like no. I, I was just I was just seeing like teams like being like we don't have the official matchups here. And of course, uh, everybody next week's episode, you'll be able to hear the bracket challenge. I'll be recording it, hopefully with some good hotel Internet Wi-Fi 
in some random country in Europe. We won't know where yet, <laughs> um, but uh, stay tuned for that episode. Um, but no, boys, I think because this one's going to be dropped uh, pretty quickly. Uh, you listeners will probably hear this on Tuesday, the 11th of April, as I'll be on a train, uh, at least in Germany somewhere, I hope, uh, if they don't kick us off. That's a whole story in and of itself. But um, no, like in the it's so I guess for me, the shocker for some of these teams and like all the points you're bringing up about some of these teams and some of these trades. <laughs> I tell you what, it's been it's been a season for me. It's some of the shockers from what at least I predicted at the beginning of the year uh, for teams that were good versus teams that were not so good, which I think we've we've already kind of talked about Seattle. I didn't expect them to be this good. I picked them 14th. Um, I completely agree with that. Yeah. yeah like and, I, I thought for sure that after how they looked last year, I was like, oh, this is just going to be a bad yeah. team for a while. And they've been un, unbelievable this season. I mean, I thought that fun. they were going to win, win the division almost for a second there. But either way, they're in the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Yeah, it's it's exciting and they're fun because uh, with, with the USPHL season winding down a couple weeks ago, um, I've been watching a lot more NHL highlight videos in the morning. So I'm going through every, I basically watched every highlight thing. And I use Sportsnet because the NHLs is overloaded with commercials. Uh, so Sportsnet, <laughs> nice little shout out there. We're still looking for a sponsorship. Um, that won't happen from Sportsnet, but, you know, but they got the better highlight videos. And um, yeah, so I, I basically watched every game through highlight from the last week or two a couple weeks now at this point i've been watching them pretty solid but there are i see some of the the hype that everyone's been talking about all year um for those of you who can actually get games somehow because everyone's talking about how bad that's been this year but yeah i think seattle's been a shocker and from where i thought they'd be and then st louis uh, i had them third overall in the western conference and they're out um currently 11th um they they just apparently have not been able to put it together this year everywhere else i'm pretty honestly i'm on point i that st louis is the only team i picked to be in the playoffs that isn't and seattle is the team that's taking that spot because they're the only team i haven't picked to but again that's what the four teams have orange because nashville's chances of making the playoffs are almost impossible but they're not impossible yet um yeah i did technically pick nashville to be that eighth seed uh, and Calgary and Winnipeg to be on the outside looking in, but um, it's Nashville's is going to be out. It's 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 basically up to Winnipeg to fail um, or yeah, win. Winnipeg, Winnipeg to fail and Calgary or Nashville to come in and steal it, right? Yes, but, basically. Yeah. But what's interesting from my perspective though is I still think Calgary's the better team than Winnipeg, but they can't get the W's. Like they they how many overtime losses and those type of things that crushed them this year right it was those they got 16 <laughs> they've got 16 overtime and shootout losses this year that's right and you just figure that right you flipped five of those and they've they're they're in right and that's what crushed them this year was their inability just to close off those teams right and win some of those games like that's yeah. what's just mind-blowing but then they're like the whole reason we got i got into this blowing up a team thing is you you saw a bit of that starting to happen right where you saw trades from teams you're like okay hold on like why would they unload right but kudos to the capitals you know and the reason why i was bringing that up was because they just saw like we're, we're going to be that team that's going to get in or we're not it would take a miracle for them to win like it would be just yeah. an absolute miracle same thing the pittsburgh penguins get in they need Sidney crosby and melkin to you know de-age 10 years and their goaltenders to step up and actually be solid for them to yeah. have a chance sorry pittsburgh fans but the 
you got to address your goaltending situation, which goes back to that other point of a, a team like a, a, like a Saros, right? You throw them on one of those teams, that's one of the last big hopes and pushes. And I agree with you, Sam. It's hard to get one of those goalies in. But if you really look and say, ha, we're going to do a rebuild of five years, it's going to take about that time. In that three to four year range, is Saros still at that level? And can he maintain to push through playoffs? Those are the hard yeah. decisions to make, right? So it was just like to me, this year's trade deadline was really, really, or even before that, right? Because a lot of it, it started was happening beforehand. It was really fun. But yeah, now, it was, like, well, it's actually it's like it's like the trade, not only trade deadline, but the free agency. This past free agency was a blast. Like oh, yeah. the, they've been boring for a couple years. They really have, and I think the the last year worth of a uh, free agent frenzy and, and the trade deadline have been. They've been fun. They've they what they're what you want is a hockey fan, and I think mm-hmm. the league appreciates it because it's 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 what we want. We want to see these big moves. We want to see these blockbusters. And um, yeah, as we move into the Eastern Conference here, let me know when uh, I can kind of do my little comparative analysis from <laughs> beginning of season to postseason. Absolutely. But the one thing that I'll say is what's fascinating coming of the Western Conference. Dallas is looking really good. McJesus is insane. Um, oh my God! But the Minnesota did he just break Wild, it? Didn't he just set a record again? Oh yeah, he joined. He joined the the, the other. He's one hundred and fifty club, club, right? That one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Against, you know, against but, the Sharks, shocking. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> Look, you know what, it, it, Sam? In all fairness, this year though, that was against the entire league. A hundred points. Dear yeah. God, he's insane. But the biggest thing that I'm drawing attention to right now is the Minnesota Wild. Boldy's game stepping up without Kaprizov in there. Like And they're goaltending. Yeah. Well that's like that's the amazing thing. Like there's going into this playoffs, you know, if you asked me a month ago, I'm like, oh, Minnesota's gonna be struggling. Dallas was doing pretty steady all the way along, right? But the Pacific, like Vegas, Edmonton, Los Angeles, God, they're all good. And we yeah. don't know who's coming back because this is the year of the cheat everybody's going to be over that cap in the playoffs. Yeah. Big year of the cheat. So let's see if Stone's actually going to be healthy because he had back surgery. So I'm not shitting on him. Not one bit because that's he's had two big issues. But if he comes back, what a boost to that lineup, right? Um, Kaprizov coming in from Minnesota. Okay, that's freaking fascinating. The captain coming back for the Colorado Avalanche if he's healthy and ready to go. That's a major boost. Oh, speaking of the Colorado Avalanche. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, Speaking of the Colorado Avalanche here, I did want to give a few shout outs. So real quick, because of, you know, some of our old co-hosts here and and, then they're still co-hosts. But, um, you know, our co-host, Ben, who hasn't been on in a while, is getting married in the next week or two. So big shout out to him and, uh, you know, and his new uh, not new part (laughs) and his partner, Gabby. Uh, as they are officially tying the knot. So hopefully we'll have him back on. Me and him are chatting today, but uh, hopefully have him back on a podcast soon. Um, as, uh, as some of you listeners uh, have noted, he's not been on in a while. Also big shout out as the Colorado Avalanche is my trigger for this. Shout out here to Michelle Wells as uh, she is still working with the Colorado Eagles as an intern uh, with that organization. And she's gotten, a, you know, some call-ups to the Pueblo Bulls as well to do uh, play-by-play there. So it's, you know, really awesome for her and, and where she's moving on in her career. And then the, finally to wrap up with a huge shout-out to guest co-host Stefan Bell, who is currently an Anaheim Ducks employee but called his first AHL game 
just a couple days ago for the San Diego goals. And it was so awesome to hear Stefan calling a game again. Haven't heard him call a game since uh, I think it was a late February, early March game for the Ogden Mustangs during the playoffs last year. And from there, from Ogden, he moved on to the Anaheim Ducks and called up to San Diego to actually call his first game as a play-by-play announcer. So anyone that wants to go look at that one, it was Calgary visiting San Diego. I think it was the 8th of April. Go check out that game and listen to our call by Stefan Bell. We were super excited um, to hear him progressing on in his career as well. And uh, yeah, it was really it was really fun to hear him call an AHL game. So big shout outs there. Now we can go back into the Eastern Conference or wherever we were. Sorry. Colorado. Congratulations. <laughs> Definitely congratulations to him. Uh, that's so that's so awesome to hear. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully that'll be me one day. I don't know. <laughs> and it could be. But, it uh, could be. I mean, it, literally what? Stefan uh, was working for the Ogden Mustangs the last few years. Um, I originally from, uh, you know, California, you guys can hear this on a podcast where we talk all about him. Uh, that one was, I think in 2020 or 2021 ish. I don't know, Stefan, you can tell us later. Um, but, uh, we've had him on a few times. First he was a guest and then he's jumped on as a, uh, a guest co-host in the past here. Um, but his NHL job, uh, is a lot of work. <laughs> we haven't had him on in a while either. But um, maybe it'll but be yeah. easier in and, the off season. <laughs> yeah, and maybe hopefully I don't I don't think so. <laughs> you know, maybe <laughs> this year, this year, maybe this year we'll get Stefan back on. But um, but yeah, uh, it, it's possible. And and that's the thing was the USPHL doesn't just promote players; it promotes all the talent. Uh, you know, coaches and play by play and everyone. And I mean, yeah, Stefan basically going from Ogden to the Anaheim Ducks and now calling AHL games. I'm just it's it's super it's it's awesome it's i don't know how else to put it it was uh to just it was so natural when i heard that game because i saw the post from uh, our co-host brendan price and oh, nice. uh yeah. i had to go check the game out and i looked and i'm like oh my god i i it was it was fluid it was just like he's never stopped calling games um yeah i really missed him this year in ogden heck yeah that's awesome but, uh, yeah, everyone, go listen to that game on April 8th, uh, San Diego Gulls in Calgary. But, uh, yeah, go back to it, Steve. Sorry, I think we were talking about Colorado um, at some point before we go into the Eastern. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Landeskog coming back for the boost, you know. And so that, that the Western Conference is really, really interesting. Now, shifting over to the East. Um, yeah. You know, well, Boston's just looking like a powerhouse, so you don't have to say much about Boston. So yeah, you know, I picked uh, them. I picked them to just miss the playoffs this year. I picked them ninth. So oof, uh, they are the best team. What now in NHL history? Is it official? Like uh, in terms of fought, like regular? No, I think, yeah, I think yeah. yeah, they hit the sixty-three wins. So yeah, they've now beat yeah. the record. So that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, good. Go like and you know, Chris hates this idea, but they've got a. They don't – I really don't think they've got the clear starter. Like, they're both – those goalies – you've never seen such a bromance between goalies in your entire life between those two goalies. <laughs> like, they're just so damn happy that each other's doing well, right? And you can't ask for more. So the best thing that Boston ever did – and again, it pains me to say it um, – is they built a great locker room culture. And they got guys that will take less money because they want to win. They want to stay active. They want to go, right? So – Everybody should model it around what Boston's doing. And so sorry, NHL players, 
maybe take 6 million as opposed to 7.5 so you can get a better player in, right? Look at your locker room, right? Because I'm sorry, I, I would want to be a Boston Bruins team that keeps staying relevant, keeps staying good, keeps pushing, you know, as opposed to, and like, look, they don't get the tax breaks of Tampa Bay Lightning yet, right? And they're doing it. That's what other teams just have to do, right? So um, let's see what happens in Toronto, because that's going to be interesting. Um, I still think they get knocked out this year because the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the best piece of news that Toronto Maple Leafs got was uh, Jeannot going out. And I don't know how long he's going to be out injury-wise, but they were loading up with big, heavy, hard-hitting, angry players that had talent, of course, to wear them down. So that one's going to be interesting. Uh, the New York Rangers, though, that talent all coming together now and playing well together. God, like they could be the team that comes in and upsets people. The New Jersey Devils. They're so friggin' fun to watch. <laughs> if you guys checked out a Devils game, and by the way, if I had said this four years ago, people would have laughed at me, though. The Devils are incredible and fun to watch. I would have laughed uh, at you for saying this at the be- Well, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about how they were fun to watch, but they weren't going to do anything. I picked them dead last. I picked them dead last in the Eastern Conference. And <laughs> <laughs> ooh, I am wrong. They are third. They are they're fun. They're they're playing good hockey. Like you said, they're fun to watch. Their highlights. They're fun. They're a fun team to watch. I'm excited when I see. Oh, good. Because there's the teams where, you know, when I click on the highlight thing, because I'm going to watch all the highlights. I'm like, eh, OK, I'm watching it because I I, I want to know what's happening. And then some of the teams are like in New Jersey right now and Ottawa right now, Buffalo right now. They're fun to watch. At least New Jersey's in the playoffs and Buffalo still has a fighting chance to be in the playoffs. But Ottawa's officially out. But they're fun teams to watch. And oh, my. Can we talk about that Ottawa, Florida game? <laughs> wow uh, nothing like brotherly love in that game uh God, that was so much fun that threw me back to the primo days of course yeah at, they would have to, for the primo days those who would have to fight but i don't see that happening yet but i think it's gonna happen uh i i, I think i think matthew knows that brady's a big big boy and does not want does not want that so i don't see it happen unless it was a You're playoff that matthew game. your little brother's bigger than you oh he knows Steve it, it right matthew's here. actually gone on record and said no <laughs> Brady could kick my ass. Um, yeah. But, okay, so Carolina's Svechnikov killed them. Like, I just don't see them surviving this playoff now. And it's it stinks because the question mark for them has always been, can their goaltending tandem hold up? So that one's really fascinating. If Shesterkin, Shesterkin, the New York Rangers could upset people because that's a pretty good hockey team now. And they know they're going all in. The way the Florida Panthers are playing, because it was kind of funny, Daddy Kachuk comes in and says they're playing right? like a bunch of wimps. The coach lays it to them on the bench, and then they turn around, and now they're six just in a row. overly They've won six in a row. there, right? And battling. They could come around and be a dark horse because they're playing angry, motivated hockey. It's it's really fun. They were, uh, my, they were my number one pick for I, – I, I don't remember my Stanley Cup pick, but I think it was Minnesota over Florida. I think I have to go back and he- remember hearing that portion because I don't remember the predictions. But I tell you, Florida was my number one pick. To, well, they were they were supposed to be the top of the Eastern Conference for me, um, and they still could miss the playoffs. But with the way – like you said, with the way they're playing right now, six in a row uh, after, uh, after Keith Kachuk made his comments, I'm just like – this team, 
found what it needed. And I have to say, Leon's playing really well in that too. Oh yeah. And he's and talk about, okay. Now I talked about goaltending depth, right? So night, you know, full recovery, buddy, do whatever you need to do. Get yourself healthy, mentally focused and back in that cage. Cause I can't wait to watch you back on the ice. Um, but Bobrovsky's got one of those contracts you can't trade, right? So if Spencer Knight comes back, now you got a goaltender you can trade, right? Between one of the two. And that actually helps this team out because they can get, again, that much better, right? So it's just, you know, it's going to be fascinating watching this offseason, in my opinion, because Toronto's got to win this year. They got to win this year. Um <laughs> Because that's all you can say is like they've given away everything. Now they lucked out. Not um, Matthew Nies, or is it Nies? How do you say his last name? Uh, the the goalie? No, 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 no. The player that just that just uh, is coming. That's that just signed. I think he was. Uh, was he not a Minnesota Golden Gopher? I have no clue, dude. I have to go look. Uh, who I for think he Florida today or something? Yeah, like he that. signed yesterday for the for the or Leafs. Yesterday. So that's oh, a good me. future spot because it's the one guy they would not let go of, right? They did not want to let go of him. So that gives them some potential. But if they don't win this year, they've got to start trading off some of these pieces to get draft picks back and to do something, right? Because they and cap space. And yeah, but that's the other. And I know it's it, that's what drives me nuts about these fans. We're just going to keep signing these guys to like, okay, so the cap doesn't doesn't you know work for you guys somehow, right? Like you guys are. They there's the leaf exclusion in this, right? Yeah, they are going to be, you know, cap and cash trap, right? Because Sam Sonov's having a good year, but is he their true number one goalie? And if he is, he's not going to be be playing for what's what's he getting paid right now? A million bucks? He's not going to play for that. So he's going to want a pay raise, right? They their defense, they got some patchwork in there. It's okay, but. What are you going to do in the offseason? You can't re-sign O'Reilly unless O'Reilly's like, I love this team so much, I'm going to play for the league minimum, which, you know, if he's happy, you know, wants another shot at a cup, but he's already got a cup. So I don't know if you'll see that guy do that, right? Because there's a lot of other cup contending teams that wouldn't mind uh, an O'Reilly on their team, right? So Tampa is eventually going to get into that zone of they've got to start to rebuild at some point because they're getting up there in the years. Right. So, again, Tampa fans, don't crap on me because you guys have keep making it to the postseason <laughs> and going really, really deep. Right. But eventually you're going to hit that cusp because Vasilevsky looks like he's getting a lot leakier now. There's a lot more goals squeaking in. But if he regains playoff form, my goodness gracious. Right. We, we can be in for a shock. So. uh yeah, man, uh, this is a fascinating conference because I'm going to yeah. I, I don't want to say anything about the playoffs yet until it's settled and I'll make my picks. But for me, oh, it's that's where we do the bracket challenge. So yeah. everybody be on a wait out for that. But yeah, but I mean, but, just kind of the preview of like, I know we don't really have matchups yet and everything, and we're not going to jump into a preview. I think you've done a pretty good uh, analysis of, of a bulk of the teams in the East and the West. But um but yeah, and definitely make sure you listen to uh, your old episodes so we can talk about that in a future episode <laughs> you know, but well just do me a favor remind me what episode it was and i'll bring it on up so i can have a good chuckle uh, you just have to go to just have to go to september I'll, I'll look here while while you uh while you chat and then we'll then we'll wrap this up for the listeners because it's 801 here yeah I, so the old man needs to get to bed but uh no so i sam, gotta do other things <laughs> but so sam on this one what's interesting to me in the east 
it's okay with my bias with the Montreal Canadiens. If they can re-sign Monaghan, um, you know, and get him a uh, a bonus-laden deal because he's in that special category where he can do it, my team could actually be competitive next year. Detroit, you know, with Steve Eiserman, like he can pull another, you know, rabbit out of his hat and grab a few players. The Ottawa Senators are really looking strong, right? If they played, if they got more consistent goaltending this year, you know, and there was a few games like, God, they didn't have the best of starts this year. But they're going to be scary. Buffalo looks like they could be scary, right? Oh, so going to be scary. And it's and now it's like it's going to be eventually into that changing of the guard type of thing, right? Because how much longer can New York New York Rangers? Shostak is young enough; they'll be good. New Jersey's going to be good for a while. Carolina, mm-hmm. maybe at some point there, they got a young team. You got to shake something up there, right? But you're going to see the dying off of, in my opinion, uh, the New York Islanders got to do something with some of their older players that have been around for a long time. Pittsburgh's got to do something. Washington's got to do something. Philadelphia, I don't even know what to do with them anymore. Um, yeah. I, I can't even make a comment about what to do without just being so sarcastic. It's not even funny. But like I said, <laughs> your team's already in a spiraling pit hole of really bad attitude players. And let's take on Brendan Lemieux. Genius. Way to go. <laughs> That's your spark. That's a good team guy. Good locker room guy. Gosh, guys, what are you doing? And Tortorella, hard-nosed guys to try to get them back in line, but it's it's just not working. So Philadelphia, blow it up. Blow up your front office. Start from scratch. That's what needs to happen there. And Columbus is, I think, if they end up getting Bedard or Fantilli, uh, they've got to address goaltending again. Uh, their number one D was out all year, right? Um, so they could be a team that comes in here. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they really shake up this division a lot, right? So... Man, there's so many I mean, young. Could, Go ahead. They could easily turn it around. Like, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that surprising. Maybe not easily, I should say. But like, you know, with the, the forward talents that they have, like, it just wouldn't be that surprising to see Columbus turn it around, especially if they get one of those top two picks. Um, but I think I think you're absolutely right that there's just like, like kind of like with the Devils, you know, from four years ago, all of a sudden being like this team that's towards the top of the conference it's like within the next year or two we might see some of these teams that don't make the playoffs at the moment that all of a sudden you know they are they are the mainstays because they they did the right thing of like of the rebuild and doing it you know in a timeline that makes sense and you know now all of a sudden you've got these teams that haven't been consistent to all of a sudden they're they are the playoff teams and you know, I'm not really sure where the Western Conference falls in terms of that turnaround. I think there's going to be some teams that are bad for a while. Um, but personally, I just think like I think for this playoffs, I just I mean, you know, I have nothing against the Boston Bruins like team. It's just like I just want to see somebody else win it just because, you know, it would just be so fitting in my mind. But I, I would, think I would be, love I, I agree with you. I'd like so. It's it's yeah. anytime you see, except it was my Canadians or say the Coyotes, right? That won the President's Trophy. I want to see somebody knock them off. I want to see that big upset, right? Now Boston yeah. fans again crap all over me. It's okay, uh, but I it doesn't matter who the number one team is. I always want to watch them get picked off, except if it's one of my own. I would love to see it happen, and I'd like to see it like a a big battle between Boston and New York Rangers, and the Rangers come ahead and knock them off. I'd love it. I'd love to see a team with a lot of young energy like the, 
New Jersey Devils make a good hard push just because it's such great young talent on that team, right? Um, Just one more quick point when you're talking about the West, you know, because they get, you know, they get crapped on a lot. But if people aren't watching the Coyotes play hockey, they've got a bunch of good little elements. Barrett Hayton's overtime winner was the thing of beauty. And, you know, again, he's the one like where I'll go into this, you know, and guys from the Canadian Hockey League will chime in. But that's where they've got to make a few special exceptions to the rules because Barrett Hayton's first year with the Coyotes was a complete waste because they could not send him to the AHL. He was done. He was above the OHL. Going back to Sue Greyhounds one more year was not going to help his development. And then I have my opinions about Rick Tockett and how he handled Hayton. But Hayton's looking good. Um, if, if Schmaltz can stay healthy, that's a great first line for people that aren't watching them. Start watching them because they're going to get another top pick. They've got Cooley coming on up. They've got all these assets to trade. This is a team that's going to be pretty scary in about three years. Um, they've got a lot of good. They've got a good defensive core and it's young. That's the whole thing is that youth movement. So now I'm going back to the playoff picture. I am super pumped. You know, when this thing's all shut down at the end of the week, this is such a fun race to the end because I you, you can't just write it off now and be like, oh, I'm just going to watch, you know, teams just play, you know, just play to play some hockey. <laughs> Those spots are still open while they're still open. Yeah. Gosh, this is fun. Like there's so yeah. much so much is still up for grabs, mostly. I mean, mostly in the Western Conference, but even in the East, like we still don't know who's going to win the Metropolitan Division. I was just going to say before that I think. I think even though without Svechnikov, that certainly makes a difference. I think Carolina is still really good. They've got two fantastic goalies still. And like, there's a lot of talent on that roster. So I think, I think it'd be smart to not, you know, underestimate them and under or underrate them. You like they, they could, I agree. They could make Sam, some noise. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> it's not that they don't like Ajo is a hell of a player. That's why Montreal Canadiens offer sheeted them. Right. Yeah. Uh, they've got a ton of talent on that team. It's just Svechnikov's speed was that extra element that just could catch you way off guard. But you can't underestimate them because, you, look, it, you, um, if their goaltenders are healthy and on par and playing, or, you know, just playing solid hockey, they're going to be great. You know, they're going to have a good push. It's just who they match up with, you know, because in my opinion, that one's going to come down to goaltending for them. Um, so, yeah, you really can't you can't count any of these teams, though. So that's why I'm so stoked to watch this settle and watching hockey the rest of the week. Like a big preview for me is going to be Thursday, Carolina versus the Florida Panthers. That's going to be one of oh, the big games. One. And that's if Carol, that's if Florida is still in it at that point. Right. So that's a huge game that's going to be coming on up here over the next couple of days. So. Um, so anyway, uh, guys, yep. always excited to talk hockey, NHL hockey. Uh, I'll, <laughs> the, the bracket will be should be available by Thursday, in my opinion. So I'll have my teams picked there. Um, yep. And yeah, sorry, guys, yep. you know, excited to get about hockey. I didn't even get to, to gloat more about Devin Levi, which I would have loved to have done. I didn't really get to pick <laughs> how, how smart I was on most teams and how dumb I was on a couple. Um, but uh, whatever, we'll, we'll probably get into that on the next episode whether it's recorded out of Germany, Italy, or Switzerland, will be yet to be seen based off of the hotel. (laughs) uh, Good Wi-Fi means you'll get the recording sooner, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, But that said, 
before we wrap, we want to say if you're a junior goalie out there, it doesn't matter if it's hockey, lacrosse, college, whatever it is, and you want an amazing affordable mask design, order your dream design for your goalie masks at maskwraps.ca. Great price, custom design, fast turnaround, and completely removable. Order yours today at maskwraps.ca and get 15% off your mask design with discount code PIGEON2023. We want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out for your new junior or collegiate hockey worlds and wish to get on a future podcast. Also, follow us on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast, on Twitter at Official, or on Instagram at Podcast to let us know what you think. And also, right now, we're dropping a lot of really good, amazing kind of highlight reel videos for some of the USPHL West goalies out there. So go out there and, and show them some love. But this was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris, Steve, and Sam. Have a great one, hockey fans. Take care. And remember, listeners, always clear crease.